The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Events Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to do a deep dive into a somewhat overlooked art of making connections in person, event marketing. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technology and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your marketing events as an event creator and attendee. With us today is Brent Turner, who is the SVP of Strategy and Technology at Kramer, which is an agency that delivers experience design, live production, audience management, and strategic event marketing service for global brands. So far this week, we've discussed the trends and growth of the experiential and event marketing industry. And today we're going to talk about some of the technology trends happening in the event marketing space. Here's the second installment of Event Marketing Week with Brent Turner from Kramer. Brent, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Good to have you back here. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the high-level purpose of event marketing. It's really the expansion once you have a large swath of your marketing strategies covered and you need to start building more personal relationships with your customers at scale. I want to talk today a little bit about some of the technologies. And, and honestly, this is what you said was the reason why you decided to focus your career on more of the event marketing space. Tell me a little bit about how the technologies related to event marketing have changed and what are some of the standards and what's on the cutting edge? Well, we'll do this conversation. Let's do it in two parts. One is the vendors. The other is the types of platforms or immersive technologies that have come to the space. I'll start with the vendor piece first, because if you're pure MarTech in the more digital oriented side, and Ben, you've had them on this podcast, Today, the most notable landscape that shows you how the MarTech space is growing is Scott Brinker's event tech landscapes. Five years ago, Kramer, our teams here, started to publish a similar, literally just straight admitting to Scott saying, hey, we're taking this model you have. We love it. The Loomscapes that he modeled his on. We love this. We're going to do it for the event tech landscape. So what are the vendors there? Well, very similar to the MarTech landscape where the vendors are providers of CRM and social, et cetera. The event tech landscape focuses on the tech platforms that event marketers, meeting planners, 
containers, et cetera, use these almost infrastructure platforms. So the big names in the vendor space that most of your listeners probably are familiar with in this day are the two gorillas, Cvent and Eventry, which are massive registration-oriented platforms that can go nearly end-to-end from your planner to your marketer, from your attendee to your venue, et cetera. But that landscape in the last five years has grown leaps and bounds. Our landscape's been tracking it, obviously, as a thing we've been watching close. But more interesting is just the investment of startups who are creating different types of services and platforms across the landscape. And that piece of interest is how do you build software that helps manage calls for speakers? How do you build software that helps networking, ties into social media, taps into your CRM and brings that to life in an on-site XYZ way? So the landscape, if you will, of providers, of SaaS providers, of data providers, of infrastructure providers has grown a couple hundred percent in just five years. So that you have that, like you've mapped it in and Scott's mapped it in the larger MarTech space in a niche kind of way, we've seen a similar aggressive growth. I think the parallel or the metaphor here is that there are companies that are like Adobe's marketing cloud, which is a place where a marketer can do virtually anything they want, but within sort of a walled garden universe. If you're using Adobe, you probably are going to use all of their suite or the vast majority of it. And then you can cobble together a MarTech stack by using a wide variety of other tools like your CRM, your email marketing, your advertising platforms. There's a bunch of other little smaller tools that you can cobble together. Help me think about the difference between going with a major vendor like Cvent and Eventury, as opposed to cobbling together a suite of tools with companies like we had Bevy, which is an event marketing tool. They were a guest on the podcast recently. What's the difference between going with the big boys and cobbling together these smaller tools? It comes down to almost like your analogy with Adobe. The cobbling together is usually people in their own job roles finding the vendor that will work for their piece. Straight marketing organizations, you got the CRM team getting their CRM vendor, the social team getting their social vendor, the content team getting their CMS. So you have that equivalent. In our world, you'll have the people who are working with the executives will say, hey, we need an audience response system so we can pull the audience. And all of a sudden you have a vendor that's doing that over here. You'll have your meeting planner who is dealing with the venues and the sourcing. They're going to go over here and use these newish now Airbnb-like tools to go find interesting venues. And then your marketing team who's trying to put butts in seats is going to maybe use this social event-oriented social platform like a company called Feather, which is an awesome tool to help drive registrations and market your event. But then to actually do the registrations, they may go get a company like Splash or a group called Bizabo. These are all many different names in the space of events, similar to a bevy-like provider that'll have a focus that aligns to a certain thing. So could you use Cvent? And many clients do to your Adobe, your Microsoft, your Salesforce equivalent. But also the fragmentation is typically done when individual people on the team with their own focus are solving for their own need. And that's not wrong to be very clear. There's no judgment in that because sometimes you want to bring in a purpose-built vendor partner that specializes in the thing you're trying to solve. Just thinking about the MarTech stack building experience, what I've broadly not talking specifically about the event space is that most of the time this has to do with how big is your company? 
Like if you're an enterprise level company, the company is going to buy the Adobe suite for everyone to make sure that they're all on a platform. So everything ties together and it's consistent because you can get a little optimization in terms of your workflow by operating the same platform, as opposed to if you're a smaller company, you need to cobble these tools together and use glue and duct tape to get your events off the ground. And you could be a little bit more budget constrained potentially by putting the multiple tools together and pick out just the features that you really need. Perfectly said. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me a little bit about the platform space. You said that there's two types of technologies, vendors and platform. What do you mean by platform? In this case, it's all these more immersive and interactive technologies that go into the actual experience. What I'm hearing is that there is the event hosting and production vendors, and then there is the event experience solutions. Right. And in our world, we internally, and as a wonky industry, we started to reclaim the word interactive. If you've been in this space for a while, I know you've been know this from our days running around in Boston back in the old days when then interactive in the 90s meant digital and websites, et cetera. And then that term got replaced with digital. Well, the word interactive in our space is coming back. And what does it really mean? It means those live spots where you are touching, feeling, physical, digital all come together. So we call them interactive in this industry. That's where the industry is starting to redefine interactive toward. I don't know if all marketers are yet, though goes into what I meant by experiential, right? Yes. Things that are when you're at the event, helping you get value and for lack of a better term, just experience the event and the products and the services. So tell me about some of the technologies that are more experiential. There's six buckets that get the most buzz here in, well, 2018 going to 2019 that have really been in the general zeitgeist of event marketers. The first is IoT, Internet of Things. It's been around us. And I'll do these quick high level and we can deep dive in whatever you think is interesting to talk more about. But first is IoT, as simple as buttons that do things. Like we're doing an event in two or three weeks where the entire audience is going to be able to have two buttons in front of them, vote, 
Black Mirror style, what the next part of the video they're all watching together, which way should the character go, et cetera. So we have two physical buttons, go left, go right, A, B, blue, red, and they'll be able to touch the button, which will trigger a poll, we'll get the results and play the video. So IoT, as physical as buttons there. The next sort of slice of IoT, which is bucket number two, are wearables. A provider that we work closely with and love is Click with a K. They looked at your name badge or giving you, say, a wristband, and you now can have a plethora of technologies built into those that does everything from helping you share contacts to capture content. When you're seeing a speaker on stage, you click your badge, and now all of a sudden the content is automatically put into your app. When you and I, if we don't know each other, we both click our badges and hold them near each other, and now our contact info is automatically swapped between us. So there's this fun space of giving the attendees wearables they can take. Here's the hack for that technology. You just ride the elevator and get really close to everybody all day long and you could fill your contact list. <laughs> you just got to bump their wrists so that they click theirs as well. Not that I've thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> so those kind of wearables that can replace business cards, notebooks, etc. So IoT wearables are one and two. And then as you get a bit more into the environmental tech, you have facial recognition. So there's a, well, I don't know if you'd consider them a startup anymore. They're a couple years old out of Houston, Texas called Zenus which is replacing the reg desk at major events with tens of thousands of attendees, where instead of walking up and you start typing your name in, well, because in your registration, you provided some information about yourself, maybe connected your LinkedIn, maybe uploaded your photo. When you walk up to that desk, hey, Ben, welcome. Would you like to review your information? So it saves a few moments of time, people having to type their name or talk to somebody behind the screen. But more to the point, it starts a personal, again, it's computer to human, but it still starts to give a personal touch to even something like your reg experience. And then applying facial recognition to other tracking through their journey. Very minority report. Very minority report. So there is a, and for later in our week of conversations, that's sort of what we'll end with. But how do we feel about that as a culture is an interesting question. So you got facial recognition as number three, and the next three are all in the content space. The extended reality is the umbrella term for augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, pick your AR, VR, XR, MR, alphabet soup. But these are all the different ways of changing what you see in augmented reality or putting you into another environment with virtual reality. There's lots of fun things we can do for individuals, for groups in these more dynamic entertainment-like ways. And then a sister to that is projection mapping. Projection mapping has been used in Super Bowls and big events for a long time. But just a Kickstarter that's hit the market earlier this year called Lightform is this couple hundred dollars small little sensor that is going to enable brands of all sizes to projection map. And what is projection mapping? If it's a term that's not known to many people necessarily outside the industry, it's having your projectors, instead of hitting a flat surface, in our case, we have one now based on Lightform hitting a white flower and we're projecting different content, logos, material on every petal of the flower. This three-dimensional flower sitting in a vase and we're able to project all over it. Again, something that has been done and we have done it in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas on a massive scale. We're now able to take that down into a smaller space to change the environment. And so there's a big buzz for projection mapping and a price quality, et cetera, that's happening with that tech that's going to make it something you're going to see a lot more of at events in the next two, three years. And then the last and final is all things happening in the webcasting live social space. And 
this is two, three years in of Facebook Live and YouTube Live and Instagram TV. But brands are now looking at their events as a place to broadcast content. So as an example, you mentioned CES and CES is a client of ours. We create a booth at CES with CES called the C-Space. And they do interviews with prominent executives who happen to be at CES already. They grab them, they sit, and they do a podcast-like conversation, a fireside chat-like conversation, and they broadcast it live on Facebook Live. So something for the audience to come gather around and see at CES, but also content that they're able to create live and send off into the world. So, And there's many different flavors. We actually have a whole thing about webcasting and live social and the four different ways it's going. But live social, both as a tech level, but also as a content medium, is the sixth and final interactive platform that we see our industry investing in and using heavily. So I think the high-level takeaway here is that when you talk about the technology behind the event marketing space, there is the side where you were talking about hosting and producing your events, what we called the vendors. And you basically have a decision between the two major vendors that are soup to nuts, can basically plan the entire event for you using technology or cobbling together a more traditional MarTech stack using smaller, more niche products. And then we talk about what we were calling the platform side or the experiential side. There's a whole host of different ways that people are getting more value, gathering more data, producing more content through event marketing. So as you think about an event marketing strategy, it's not just about going, shaking hands and buying drinks. There is data collection. There is an advertising opportunity and also a content creation opportunity. So lots to consider when we think about the increase of technology in the event marketing space. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Brent Turner for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Brett's tips for building an effective event marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss what you need to know to optimize your event marketing strategies. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brett, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Brent R-T, B-E-R-E-N-R-T, or you could visit his company's website, which is Kramer.com, C-R-A-M-E-R.com. A couple of follow-up links in our show notes to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Brett Turner, SVP of Strategy, strategy and technology at Kramer, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to the audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for all of our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.